The following is a hoop ball presentation. Good morning, hoop ballers, and welcome to another edition of Hoop Balls DFS today. This is your Saturday, May 22nd edition. I am your host, Santino Cacone, and I am joined by, on the first day of the official playoffs for the 2021 NBA season, we are bringing in our new guy over here on the DFS side, Matt Cooper. How you doing tonight, Matt? Uh, right before you get into it, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell the viewers uh, what we can expect from you, and... <clears throat> Um, whatever you want to add to that, your, maybe your favorite basketball team, whatever you want to go from there. But uh, glad to have you here, and this is going to be a, an exciting breakdown, man, for the first game or for the first games of the playoffs. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Um, it's nice being able to get in here and get after the first very first slate of the playoffs. Um, the, I find these first two days of playoff basketball the some of the best slates of the year in general. You got four games. It's a big enough slate that you can kind of tackle it in a bunch of different ways. Throughout, you got 10 hours of basketball throughout the day. So if you're a basketball junkie like myself, um, you can kind of just sit back and relax and watch a day, watch a lot of hoops. Um, but as for who I am, my favorite team to start um, is obviously the Toronto Raptors. If you didn't already know, um, I'm Canadian. Actually, recently moved out of Ontario. Um, to the West Coast, so I'm a British Columbia guy now. Um, I've been playing DFS and specifically NBA DraftKings, NBA DraftKings for about five years now. Um, dabbled in some other sports in the past, gone in a little bit on uh, NFL and stuff, but never really found a niche there. Um, I'm a basketball junkie, and I find that just when you're playing DFS, if you don't if you don't think you have an edge in the sport. Um, you're going to struggle. And as somebody who takes it pretty seriously, um, NBA DFS on DraftKings is my specialty for sure. Um, really enjoy – I play usually just one lineup a night, sometimes mix it up into two um, or three if I'm going on like a 2v2 swap here and there. Um, but for the most part, I'm a single-entry player, going to, turn, going to a lot of single-entry tournaments, three max tournaments. Um, as well as entering a lot of cash lineups. You can find my um, contests up to t- usually up to $20 a night, um, up to the $20 tier, I should say, uh, pretty consistently every single night of the year. So I think, I, I think I've missed two slates maybe for the year. So it's been, it's been quite the grind. Awesome. And I do have to ask a question because uh, it always feels like it, it's only one team, but are there Canadians who – like basketball and aren't Raptor fans. Uh, are there like Grizzlies fans because they were in Canada before or are there other fans or is it just, if you don't like the Raptors, you're something wrong with you. Yeah. I think um, I'm going to be honest. If I hear a Canadian that says they're not a Raptors fan, <laughs> then there's a bit of an issue there for me. Um, I guess you can play that Grizzlies card if you're from, if you're from out West, but even, even then I, I think, you, I think a lot of people in BC actually, um, in Vancouver and stuff can kind of gravitate down towards Portland a little bit because that's one of the only 
at this point, it's the, really the only like team that's in range of driving to get to see a game. Um, back in the day, obviously, you had your Seattle fans from out west in Canada. Um, but yeah, if if you're not a Raptors fan, you're, you're I'm not having any. <laughs> Yeah, and Seattle might be something, a thing very soon again, so we'll see what happens there. But I was always curious about that because I, I haven't really met many people from Canada who like basketball and aren't Raptor fans. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's definitely a bit of a cult up here. Um, <laughs> um, like you got other – like your other, other major league sports, you have different options, right? Like a lot of people in baseball have the Blue Jays or they used to have the Expos, so they – can mix it up a little bit. Hockey is obviously the biggest thing um, sports-wise up here. So, yeah, the Raptors have a bit of a monopoly on the market. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Um, and, yeah, uh, we have a four-game slate for you guys, like uh, Matt mentioned. Four games, first games of the playoffs, official playoffs. We have some playing games, which are exciting. Um, but before we get into that, I do want to give a quick shout-out over our, to our guys at MyBookie, simply the best sports book around. Uh, it has a fully-fledged casino platform with live dealers. It has all the sports bets you need, uh, everything you need. in a You can find in a casino. You can find at MyBookie at the click of a fingertip. You can use it on the mobile device, uh, or you can use it on the laptop, which I usually do that. <clears throat> it's fantastic, and if you want to join, get half get your first deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks by simply entering the promo code Hoopball. That's H O O P B A L L. And again, uh, sign up or sign up and enter the promo code Hoopball, and you get your first deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. So head on over there now if you want to add some excitement to the sports you love, and the games you love, and the uh, casino table games you love. And I also want to give a shout out over to our guys uh, at Manscaped. So Father's Day is coming up pretty soon. It's going to be here before you know it, and. <clears throat> Why not? <laughs> as weird as it sounds, it's not. <laughs> why not get a um, a manscape? Uh, try the lawnmower 3.0, the weed whacker 3.0, or just try the perfect package 3.0, which has uh, most of that stuff in it. It's fantastic, and the best thing uh, about it is you get 20% off and free shipping using the com- promo code hoopball20. That's H O L P B A L L two zero, and at manscape.com. I uh, can't say how good the Perfect Package 3.0 is enough. Uh, but before, without further ado, man, let's get right into this slate. Um, we have four games on the docket. The first one starts at 2. The last one starts at 10.30. As Matt mentioned, it's going to be all day, all day of basketball. We have a game at 2, then 4.30, then 8, then 10.30. Uh, so it's going to be a fun one. But the first game of the docket is Mi- the Miami Heat at the Milwaukee Bucks. A rematch of last year's second round series, uh, where the Heat just thwarted the Bucks. But we have on the injury report, uh, Victor Oladipo is not going to be playing for the Heat, and on the Bucks, Jeff Teague is probable, and Thanasis is out. Um, we have a 2.29 game total, which is the highest game total by one point of the slate, and the Bucks are five and a half point home favorites. Uh, so. Matt, I'm going to pass it on over to you. Let's start with the Heat, who are the away team. How are you feeling about the guys on this side of the ball? 
Yeah, so this is a really interesting start to the slate, I think. Um, typically, you look at Miami and Milwaukee and you think of two really defensive-oriented teams. But here we are with them starting off the day and they have the highest total, even with some pretty high-powered offenses later on in the day. Um, DraftKings has really made some interesting decisions on how they wanted to price out the slate in general. Um You've seen Jimmy Butler pretty much hanging around nine, $9,000 for the majority of the year. Um, he's kind of, you kind of saw it come down a little bit towards the end of the year with some of the, how they were resting a little bit and they just weren't giving him the full, his full complement of minutes. Um, but now we've got the first, first day of the playoffs, you would expect Jimmy Butler to see upwards of close to 40 minutes and DraftKings brought, brought his price down all the way to 8,400. Um, that's the first thing that stands out to me. I think that's just too cheap for the production he brings. Um, it's interesting because you can really, with a lot of these playoff series, sometimes you don't know exactly how coaches are going to handle their situations. Um, but for both the Milwaukee, the Milwaukee and Miami series and the Dallas Clippers series, we had those exact same matchups last year. So we can really extrapolate some of the information that we saw, how the coaches are going to handle things. Um, and what we do know is that Jimmy gets up for these games. Um, it's been, I saw, it was, I saw recently how he was kind of talking up his own body and talking about how prepared he thought he was mentally. Um, obviously good signs for somebody who's often at this point in the year kind of nagging with injuries. Um, but yeah, Jimmy Butler is definitely the first option and you got Bam priced pretty much at the same spot at 8,300. Um, I think my lean here is definitely towards Jimmy just because Bam is going to have so much responsibility defensively um, with Giannis that I think Jimmy's going to have a lot more uh, leeway to run the offense a little bit. Um, other guys on Miami that kind of catch my eye a little bit here, Duncan Robinson, I think is the most capable value play of coming off them. Um, he's all the way down at 4,600. They're going to need him to stretch the floor. Milwaukee gives up a ton of threes in general, so they're a team that you want to target for three-point shooters. Um, it, the problem with Robinson is you don't get all the peripheral stats, block steals. You don't get a lot of rebounds or anything like that, so you're really depending on a good shooting game. Um, but those are, those are the guys that I think I'm most focused on is Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson. Um, Ariza should see a decent amount of run as well, but you just d never know on a night-to-night -night basis what you're going to get out of him. Yeah, and then this team did play on Saturday, the last second to last day of the season as well. Uh, most of the Heat didn't play, so <clears throat> a little different there. But yeah, I'm with you on Butler. A couple games, two games ago, is uh, that he played. He was 9,200. He was over 9k for a while there. Um, nearly 10K not too long ago either at the end of April. And now he's only 8,400. And he hasn't played in, it'll be nine days. Um, <clears throat> and I expect him to play 40 minutes like you did. So that's a fantastic uh, play there to get a star level player at a steep discount. And I like him a little more than Bam, who's pretty much the same price tag there. I would have liked if Bam dropped a little bit too, more than like 7 9, that would have been really good. But uh, Butler for an extra 100 seems like a gimme there. And I like your call with uh, Duncan Robinson because they do give up a lot of threes, the Bucks. That's one way you can beat them. And I'm assuming a lot of attention is going to go to Butler and Bam, uh, some bit, some of it to Dragic, Hero, none, whoever's out there. Robinson should have his fair share of open shots, um, and I like that one there. But I 
to me, Bam is the, is the play here. <clears throat> and it, I mean, not Bam, uh, Butler's the play here, and it's just uh, very juicy to me. Yeah, for sure. I think I think he's like he's he's one of the guys that I want to start with, start my lineup with tonight. I think just like the way they price the slate in general. I think you're as we kind of work to work our way through the slate, you're going to see that you're going to be able to afford a lot more kind of of that star caliber player um, tiers than you would used to be able to. Uh, some of these guys that are usually priced around that like nine to ten k range have been brought down a decent amount. Yeah, and. Um... Butler didn't play any games against the the Bucks this year, so we'll see how he yeah. comes out in that first one, which is going to be interesting. But yeah, let's let's jump on over to the Buck side of the ball, man. Uh, we have the big three, and then everybody else. But how are you feeling about this this side of the ball? So I think everyone, obviously, the first thing that you need to address with Milwaukee is always looking at what Giannis is going to be presented with. Um, this is actually probably the worst matchup possible for Giannis. He struggled pretty badly in the playoffs last year going against Bam. Obviously, he was hurt at the end of that series, so that kind of took away some of the production um, and messed with some of the messed with some of the stats there. Um, but just in general, like he gets so much attention and Miami is such a like is such a team that likes to scheme against star players that they're going to force other guys to make plays. I think um, Bam is just like the pinnacle of the prototype of the person that you would want to be guarding Giannis in this series. He's got the size, he's got the strength, he's got the mobility. Um, so Giannis, I think is, is as attractive as it always is to punch him in because of the pretty unlimited ceiling that he projects to have. Um, I think I'm going to shy away a little bit from him today. Um, I think, especially when you look at how they how these guys played in the series last year, it really like Chris Middleton to me is the guy for them. Um, he's the guy that's going to have the better matchup. He's the guy that averaged in the series last year. He averaged twenty six points, six rebounds, six assists. Um, I think that's really going to fall a little bit under the radar in this series. Um, it's pretty much the same the same rotations that Milwaukee should expect. Obviously, this year they've got Drew Holiday, where last year they had Eric Bledsoe. So that'll be a bit of a deterrent on the production of Middleton, I think. But Drew can also spread the floor a lot better than Middleton, a lot better than Bledsoe, I should say. Um, so I'm th- I think that Middleton is a kind of a starting point for where I want to look at with, with Milwaukee. And then after that, I think Brooke Lopez is one as a really sneaky tournament play tonight. Um, he's down at 4,500 in the regular season. He generally doesn't see much more than 30 minutes a game. If they, if the game doesn't go to overtime, um, he's at this point in his career, they've kind of started to really manage his minutes a lot more. I think um, they know that like they don't want to strain. They don't need to strain him. He is what he is at this point. Um, but in this matchup, they're going to need him to knock down outside shots. Um, he's one of their smarter defenders, can really present great verticality at the rim to stop guys like Jimmy and Bam at, at the, when they're going to the net. Um, and I think he's going to see 35 minutes a game. Um, I was looking back at their series again from last year, and Lopez was playing 35 minutes a game. Um, I don't really see anything that should keep him away from that 32 to 35 minute range. And at 4,500, I think that's just too cheap. I like it. And I like that call. 
Um, I'm going to throw two guys I also like. Uh, Drew Holiday under 8K in this type of matchup. Uh, I really like it. I don't know how much Jimmy plays on him. I don't know how much Jimmy gets uh, Middleton or Holiday, but either or, under 8K in this type of matchup. Uh, he's going to play around 35 to 40 minutes as well, and he averaged 31 minutes in the three games against Miami, over 42 points. I think value is going to be easily had there. Uh, and DiVincenzo, uh, under-the-radar guy there. Uh, he also had pretty good series in, in, in ga- of games in his in the three games against Miami this year. Uh, he averaged nearly 30 fantasy points a game in 25 minutes. I expected rotations to be a little bit tighter, um, just like they did. They tried to do in the last couple of playoffs. And I expect him to play 34 or so minutes. And I think value should be had there as well. Um, yeah, And yeah, I'm with you with the other guys. I, I'm not really paying up on Giannis. I think there are other options on the slate. And he has struggled against Bam historically the last uh, year and a half, two years. So I think I'm going to go with the alternatives. But I do like more people on the Bucks than I tend to like now that we're in the playoffs and now that the rotations should be tightened. Yeah, for sure. It's all, it's always interesting because with this type of slate, you've got this like very first game and you almost don't want to, you, you almost feel a little bad when you lock in too many guys into your lineup early in the day. Um, but I think for playoffs, especially we kind of know what we're going to expect for all of these teams going into their first games. We're not going to, we don't have to deal with the random injuries and the random rest that comes up through these right through these last regular season games. Um, so I think it's kind of just like play the best guys. And I like your call on DiVincenzo. Um, really interesting, really just like interesting player. I think he, he's been, he's been chucking threes for the last little while too. He's been shooting upwards of seven or eight threes a game. And so when you have a guy like that, if he gets hot, like he, he has, I think quite a ceiling to him and he, and he presents a lot of blocks and steals too. really, really just can get you there in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and let's jump on over to this next game and we have another rematch the first two like you mentioned are rematches uh, from last year we have the Dallas Mavericks at the Los Angeles Clippers Uh, for a spread here we have the Clippers are six and a half point home favorites and the total is 223 which is the lowest total of the night of the four games I should say of the day because it's pretty much we're playing basketball all day here uh, but on the Mavericks side of the ball, we have J.J. Redick as out and Maxi Kleba as probable. Uh, we do not have anything for the Clippers, and that means that they should be fully healthy and ready to go, uh, everybody on their team. Um, but let's jump on over. <laughs> and wow, of course, the Clippers are finally healthy right when the first playoff game starts. But uh, let's start with the the Mavericks, man, the away team. How are you feeling about this side of the ball? We have Luka in that um High-priced over 10K tier. And as you mentioned, it's kind of a little weird how they priced everybody because there are five people on a four-game slate over 10K here. Yeah, and I I think Luka is one of the best options that's up there. Um, I think that as of right now, when when I've been looking at this, between Luka and Jokic, it's it's pretty close. But it kind of just depends on how you end up going with your lineup, how you want to correlate players in different games. Um, but I think as I'm looking at this, especially on the Mavericks side, Luca, you, you would think that going against the wing defenders of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, that Luca would probably be in a pretty tough spot here. But he really didn't have a lot of issues last year in the playoffs against these guys. 
Um, didn't have a lot of issues in the regular season either. It's a matchup that just really he's been able he's been able to exploit for the most part. Um, the Clippers really like to switch on defense a lot, and he, Dallas tends to just hunt mismatches no matter what, no matter who's on the court. So there's no real I think deterrent when you're looking at the individual matchups that Luca might be facing here. So down at ten five, I think like. We've seen him up to pretty much that 11K mark that um, he's been hovering at for the for a lot a large part of the year, um, and I think 10.5 is a great price tag on him. Um, the value on this the value on Dallas is also interesting though. Um, they I it's it's I'm interested to see the starting lineup here. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if we'll have it before lock of the first game. But Josh Richardson is a guy that I think they're going to need on the court for a lot of this game. Um, when you're going against Kawhi and Paul George, you need long wing defenders. And as much as as much as Tim Hardaway's offense is a huge is a huge plus for the Mavs, I think that Josh Richardson really needs to be out there a lot for his defensive capabilities. Um, and he's only 4,300. He's shown a pretty large capability. Of, he can do a lot of things out there too. Like he's. He's re- he rebounds, he passes the ball well, he gets the steals and blocks with his, with his long arms. Um, so I think he's a pretty good option um, in either way. So those are kind of the two guys that I'm focusing on the most on Dallas. Yeah, and I think Dallas uh, could play smaller here, knowing that the, the Clippers play Batum and they play Mark, <clears throat> Marcus Morris at uh, power forward a lot. Uh, so they could have, theoretically, Porzingis, DFS, Hardaway, Richardson, and Luca for the majority of their matchups, uh, even if Kleba is ready to go a full complement minutes. So I do like those guys. Um, Richardson is the cheapest of them, so that's pretty solid there. And he's averaged 27 points in a couple games that he's played against the Clippers so far. So you're getting value there. And I would like to take him over a Finney Smith. Uh, Hardaway is at 5'5", five, five, so it's a little more expensive on a top-heavy slate here. Uh, but I'm with you with Luca. He's one of the best payup options. Um, just safe. Even last year in this matchup, when they had all these people to throw at him, he's just Luca, and it's it's he's going to be bringing it here. Um, so ten five, he's going to be with Luke, uh, Jokic for me as well. Uh, Harden that game can get away from itself. Tatum is going to have s- tremendous usage, but uh, he's also going to have tremendous defensive focus. And Giannis, we already touched on him, so uh, I think Luca is one of my favorite options too, depending on how I configure my roster uh, <clears throat> but i'm with you um i'm looking at a couple guys on the wings here uh richardson and hardaway jr a little bit but that price tag is a little higher than i than i want it to be um but outside of that i think it's going to be a tighter rotation uh, that's what we're going to get for the most part from all these guys so when you're looking at their regular season minutes and what they're averaging lately against even in this the individual matchups or particular matchups against the, their opponents, uh, you can add a couple extra minutes to each of these guys, especially in that first game. All right, man. Um, let's jump on over to the Clipper side of the ball and, and how you feeling over here. And looking at the price tags, as we mentioned about the Heat, everybody on the Clippers got a depressed price tag for not playing that much or that great lately uh, at the end of the season. And it's insane to see. Yeah, I, I think the DraftKings really messed this one up, to be honest. Um, Kawhi Leonard is 8K 
I don't. I have no idea when the last time Kawhi Leonard was 8K for a game that he's going to play a full complement of minutes. Um, it, to me, that's just kind of ridiculous that he's even that he's priced below so many of these other guys. But it's it's just like I, I think in a way that they just they can they wanted to construct the slate in a way that you can fit in more of these star type of players. That's kind of the conclusion that I came to with it. Um, but just looking at it, I, I think Kawhi is where you start your lineup tonight. And it's interesting because he and Jimmy Butler are two of my favorite plays on slate, and they're both only small forward eligible on DraftKings. So it does kind of restrict you a little bit in how you want to and in, in how you want to create your lineup. But the pricing is on these guys, I think, is just too good. Um, Paul George also like is is seven eight. We've seen we've seen the ceiling that Paul George possesses in the past. Um, I think he just he does a little less than Kawhi when it comes to peripherals, which is my concern here. Um, and I think the matchup is a little worse for him as well. He he tends to struggle a little bit more against larger body defenders in which the de- in which the Mavs have with DFS, Jay Rich, and some of their other like large wings. Um, but like just looking back at the series last year, Kawhi, Kawhi averaged 33, 10, 5, and 2 steals. And he played 39 minutes a game. I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be up in the higher third in the high 30s again. And it's the exact same matchup. Um, so Kawhi to me is a lock for my lineup going into tomorrow and going into the slate. Um, just price tag reflects it. Um, and there's also, I think, a real there's a lot of interesting value in the Clippers as well. Like you've got you've got Serge Ibaka down at four or five, um, coming off a back injury in his first two games back. He's only seen upwards of 17 to 17 to 19 minutes. But he's looked really good. Um, I'm pretty sure that they're – I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Clippers get him up into the mid to high 20s. I think he suits this matchup a lot better than Zubac does. So I – and in, in the minute – and he's a willing shooter, which is the most important part for these playoff games. Sometimes you see guys that shy away a little bit. But as a loyal Raptors fan here, I can – with a lot of confidence, say that Serge Ibaka will chuck shots if he is open. Um, really like, really like him at four or five, and then it go, and then you go into the point guard position, which I think is really interesting for the Clippers as well, because you've got Patrick Beverly all the way down at three three. Um, I don't know; it's really it's a bit of a guessing game with Beverly. He's came back off off this wrist in, off this wrist injury, I believe it was, and hasn't really shown a lot, was able to play a couple, was able to play a couple games and has shown little flashes here and there, but hasn't really played more than 20 minutes or so. I think that they'll extend him a little bit more than that, but it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a toss up with him and Rondo in the mix as well as they really like Terrence Mann. Um, so I think if anything there, Patrick Beverly would be a bit of a dart throw in tournaments. If you're looking for somebody that's really going to relieve a lot of salary for you. Yeah, and um, thank you. You did great there. Uh, Kawhi Leonard at 8K is laughable. I am going to be extremely shocked if he's not the highest priced, I mean, highest owned guy on the slate. It's just uh, at, at 8K, it's it's uh, uh, laughable, like I said. Uh, Paul George, also, if you, this is a slate where 
you can just go super balanced with a lot of higher priced mid tier guys and lower priced mid tier guys and uh, not have to throw in all these 10k guys because looking at um there was middleton already that we mentioned holiday bam butler now Kawhi and paul george all these guys at 8k and if you like porzingis also there's just um not everybody we liked that we me and you mentioned but I mean, there's a lot of these guys that are priced fair uh, more than fair so mm-hmm. don't mind that I like the Sergi Baca call. I like him at four or five. I just he only played two games since he came back from that injury. That was nearly two months uh, the back injury, but he looked like you said he looked really good. And now it's the playoffs, and now uh, he's ready to go. He should be ready to go. I don't think he's going to be on a minutes limit. And another guy, Rajon Rondo at four four, <clears throat> more of a dart throw. But the last two games he played that he played twenty and then twenty eight minutes. Um, if he's going to be seeing that, and if he's going to be more. Or, or less the starting point guard, uh, even if he comes off the bench and still plays 27 to 30-plus minutes, and we get the quote-unquote playoff rondo at 4-4. Four, four, uh, that's a very solid price tag that I'm willing to take some chances on there, um, along with just the the chalk of Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, that's where it gets interesting with Rondo, right? Like, he's obviously shown one of the highest ceilings for these value plays, as it comes, he can do so much when he's on the court. He has high steals rates. Obviously, it seems like he's always hunting assists out there um, mm-hmm. and just really can uh, turn that switch that a lot of guys can't. So, yeah, it's it, the point guard position for the Clippers is just confused. It's just confusing to me because you just don't know exactly what you're going to get. Um, exactly. But, yeah, definitely, as you mentioned, like, for tournaments, that's the almost the perfect recipe, right? Because you're not going to see a lot of ownership on these guys, but they do have the ceilings that like can actually win you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, man. And let's go jump on over to this next game. Uh, we have a three-and-a-half-hour interval between game two and three, and this one starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is the uh, Boston Celtics at the Brooklyn Nets. And we have a 226.5 game total, which is the second lowest. And the Nets are 7.5 point home favorites, which is the highest spread of the night. On the injury report, we have Jalen Brown's not going to be playing. Robert Williams is questionable. On the Nets, Spencer Dinwiddie is out. Landry Shamit is uh, probable. We'll start with the Celtics man and how you're looking at uh, Jason Tatum and the boys. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty concerned about this one, to be honest. I I think that Brooklyn could run Boston out of the gym pretty easily. Um, as you said, it's the biggest spread on the slate. Um, Boston has just really not shown a lot over the second half of the year. Them losing uh, Jalen Brown, I think, is just going to be detrimental, especially for their wing defense. Um, I don't see how they're going to be able to slow down the combination of Harden, Harden, Kyrie, and Durant. Um, I think Brooklyn's going to be able to put up a lot of points today. Um, when it comes to actual DFS plays, though, on Boston, I, you, you can get interesting with it because the chances of these games like going full blowout, um, even with a eight to eight or nine point spread, aren't always that high. I think Kemba Walker is interesting at seven five. Um, he's shown, especially since Jalen Brown has gone out, that he's been willing to really take a ton of shots. Um, assist rates have been up. He's been trucking threes. Um, it's just bar- he's just bearing a really large offensive load. 
And I think that just with how amazing Tatum has played lately, he's gonna he's gonna garner the most attention from the Brooklyn defense. Um, so Kemba should be able to operate those kind of just two v two games and run the pick run his pick and rolls. Um, whether it be, I think I think you'll see a lot of pick, uh, one two pick and rolls with Walker and Smart. Um, they like to they like to use Marcus Smart as a screener quite often. Um, so it, sh- it should be interesting to see what Boston tries to do to mess with Brooklyn. Um, but Brooklyn, Brooklyn to me is one of the biggest question marks on the slate. Like they, they, they can, Steve Nash has shown just so many different ways that he likes to put out his starting lineup, what he really adjusts to matchups a lot. Um, so it should be interesting. Trist like, and then obviously one of the big pieces of news that we're waiting for is Robert Williams being questionable. Um, but expected to play. So it's when when I was watching his game, when I was watching his playing game, he he looked hobbled. He was really struggling out there, and then he had the one bad fall with his turf toe. Um, so I don't really know how limited he'll be. In the case that he doesn't play a lot of minutes, Tristan Thompson has a pretty high minute ceiling. He saw up to thirty in the last game against Washington. Um, but the problem with Tristan is he only really rebounds and he gets a lot of offensive boards and putbacks and stuff like that. But there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a cap to what he can do offensively. Yeah. And, and I'm with you. I think, um, uh, both Tatum and Kemba, there are a lot of other options around that price tag, which we just went over, uh, the laughable, uh, <clears throat> Kawhi and whatnot and need the high price guys. Uh, but they make, for me, they make solid tournament plays. For pivots, uh, without Jalen Brown, there's just a lot of offense and a lot of shots to go around. And we know that Tatum and Walker are not shy. And for them to even have a chance at getting a game or two here, they're going to have to take a lot of shots and they're going to have to do the heavy lifting. So I don't mind taking shots at either. Uh, more so Kemba because of the nearly 3K price difference. But um, I will take a shot or two at, at Tatum in there as well. Um, but the center position to me is something that's interesting, and you kind of mentioned it. Uh, Robert Williams is, is expected to play, but he hasn't really played many minutes in uh, the last couple games, and in, in, even before that, he was playing low twenties. But he really didn't look good in that game. I know they didn't really need him too too much, um, but he just hasn't looked himself like he did when he was hitting his stride in the midseason. And if Tristan Thompson's going to be playing thirty minutes, uh, if he's he should be starting, I'm assuming they're gonna. They might not announce that they're going to limit Robert Williams, but I wouldn't be shocked if they do. Um, but Tristan Thompson should be like 30 minutes. This is a great matchup. Uh, at 5K, it's, he could still bring back value there because the the matchup is just very, very juicy to him. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but it's, it's an interesting game for tournaments because you're not – a lot of these guys, it's – Everyone feel. I think a lot of people are going to feel the same way that we do. That this game has some major risk to it, but at the same time, if it manages to stay close, there's some interesting ways that you could kind of stack up the game. Um, and I guess we'll get to that a bit on when we get to the Brooklyn side. And there's always uh, room to get some garbage points at the end uh, for Tatum and Walker and, and whatnot too. So I think um, they're not super super risky, but. Yeah, I mean, um, it could get out of hand as well. And we'll get to that side of the ball and see why it can get out of hand. And what are you looking at uh, with the big three playing their first playoff game together? Yeah, so this is 
I, it feels like a bit of guesswork with this one. Um, when it comes, you've got looking at the Brooklyn side of the ball, you've got the big three all priced between 9.2 K and 10.3 K. And then the next guy that's priced on their team is Joe Harris all the way down at four seven. Um, so you have a, this massive gap in just the product in the production and the expect expected volume of all of these guys. Um, so much of the, so much of what they do offensively just runs through whoever is on the court at the time with the big three. Um, so no, they, Steve Nash really does a good job of staggering their minutes throughout the game. So you, there's no situation where there's not at least one of these guys on the court and usually not at least two. Um, so I think when I'm just looking at it, my, my favorite of the big three is Kevin Durant. I think that he just is so he's been so efficient this year and does so much. He's passed. He's became a really good passer um, within, within their offense. He's, you've seen him rack up more than 10 assists a handful of times this year. And so I think just that extra, that extra production really brings his floor up a lot higher where Kyrie especially met, um, really relies on like that high points total for the most of his production. But I think the most interesting part of the Brooklyn side is what they're going to do with their bigs. Um, if Boston ends up starting Tristan Thompson, I wouldn't be shocked to see DeAndre Jordan start. And they've got DeAndre Jordan priced at the bare minimum, 3K. Um, I think that's pretty interesting. It's pretty risky because we've seen games in which DeAndre Jordan just straight up doesn't play. Um, and they've, we've seen a lot of Blake Griffin. We've seen mostly Blake Griffin start at the center over the last little while, which I also think is interesting at 4-4. Um, so when it comes to these guys, I think whoever of their bigs between Griffin and, De- and DeAndre Jordan are starting, I think are really good options. Um, if it's Griffin going against Tristan Thompson, he'll be able to spread the floor and kind of be that guy that alleviates a lot of the pressure off of the big three uh, on Brooklyn. And then Joe Harris, I think, also at 4-7 is interesting. Um, he should be the one that – he should be able to take lots of shots. He's, he's got the green light from three no matter what day, no matter what day it is. Um, and in, in a competitive game, should see upwards of 33 to 36 minutes. So it kind of just depends here on who, who gets hot on the Brooklyn like, shooter side of things. Yeah, and uh, I'm with you. The, the big three is kind of a, a – guessing game at this at this point they only played a handful of games uh with all of them this whole season but i i i'm leaning towards Kyrie as my my favorite of the three i uh, get a little bit of a price discount there and he just takes this series personal uh, every time he sees boston on the slate ever since he parted ways uh so unceremoniously he takes them personal and this in the three games against them this year he's averaged uh nearly 58 fantasy points he's taken over 20 shots uh, combined and he's made all his free throw shoots really well and i think he's gonna have the best matchup of them i see marcus smart getting a lot of james harden uh jason tatum is probably him and durant are gonna go head to head and i think kemba walker who we know has been playing hobbled a lot this year and he looks a lot better lately uh, but he isn't the greatest defender anyway he's smaller uh, and he's going to have a lot of Kyrie Irving and Kyrie Irving's going to take advantage of that matchup so I'd, I do like getting the discount there and Irving in this particular series uh, knowing that it's game one I would expect Harden to be 
a little more passive and let Kyrie and KD do their thing. Uh, and Kyrie's never shy when anybody lets him do his thing. <clears throat> um, I also like, out of the bigs, I like Nick Claxton. They started to play him more lately uh, when he came back from uh, the COVID issue, the protocols. Uh, he's played over 23 minutes, 23 or more minutes the last four games. I expect that to continue. I think he is the best option at center. He's much better than DeAndre Jordan. Uh, he's better than Elise Johnson. He's better than Blake Griffin. I think they play him a lot. Um, we'll see exactly what the, the Celtics do. If Robert Williams doesn't have much in the tank, then maybe they go small at sometimes, and you don't need Nick Claxton out there. But um, I'll take my chances at 3-5 with him. He's just a very good permanent guy, and uh, this is going to be his first taste of the playoffs, and I, I think it's going to be a success for him. Yeah, that, see, that right, that right there is where, it gets real, is where it's really interesting to me because I think Nick Claxton matches up really well with Robert Williams, um, and I think Nash, if Nash would definitely stray to play more Claxton if there was more Williams happening. But I am a little bit concerned with Claxton going against Tristan Thompson, just with the just with the size differential and the weight differential there. Um, and I think they might need more strength. So we'll we'll see how it shakes out. But it's it's really going to be an interesting uh, game to observe, just how the coaches handle those center matchups. Right, I like it. Now let's slide on over to this last game of the night. We have at ten thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have the Portland Trailblazers at the Denver Nuggets, a rematch of a couple years ago, the uh, semifinals of the Western Conference. Um, and we have, for this game, a two-point Nugget home spread. Uh, they're two-point home favorites. And we have the second-highest total of the night, just one point under that opening game at 228. On the injury report for the Nuggets, we have Will Barton, P.J. Dozier, Jamal Murray all out, and Austin Rivers as questionable. And for the Blazers, we have just Zach Collins is out. Uh, we'll start with the Blazers, who are the away team, and I'll pass it over to you, man. How are you feeling about uh, Rip City? Okay, well, to start, I like Portland a lot in the series. Um, I think Portland is going to provide Denver with quite a bit of a struggle. Um, I like Portland to win the series as a whole. But on the DFS side of things, I think this is the game that is probably priced the best um, kind of hard in my mind to find spots where I think we're getting a ton of value out of the pricing. Uh, Dame, Dame Lillard is interesting just because of the ceiling that he brings. We know that just he can pop up, he can pop off for uh, fifty real points at any point. And at nine, at nine four, I think that I think that is baked into the price a little bit. Um, CJ has kind of been a CJ has been a really interesting player this year. Um, he's shown he's shown moments where he's been able to show a bit of a ceiling. He's he's, he's just such a talented scorer. Um, been really consistent over the final stretch of the year. Pretty much will always get you up into the high thirties, low forties in fantasy points on DraftKings. Um, but it's just the problem with CJ is just the other guys that are priced around him that we've already talked about. He's only $100 less than Kawhi, very close in the same Jimmy Butler range. Um, and a lot of guys that I think I just have more, a bit of a, are more interested in playing in general. Um, I think an interesting piece of Portland is Robert Covington. He should see big time minutes and he's down to 4-9. Um, can present a pretty big ceiling with just his steals and blocks upside. Um, if he's hitting the three is then that's what, then, then that's what can really get him over the top. 
Um, but yeah, Portland's, Portland's a bit of a tough one here. They, they, I would expect they play a really tight rotation. Terry Stotts has shown a propensity to really just trust his guys. And even early in these playoffs where some teams play up to nine, up to nine guys, I would expect Portland to only play seven or eight. Um, but yeah, it should be interesting. I think these guys are priced really accurately. Nothing is standing up too much. Yeah, and I'm with you. I think everybody's priced pretty accordingly. Uh, McCollum, I like the other options there. I don't really want to pay that for Nurk either. Um, Powell and, and Covington are two guys that I am looking at, 5-7 and 4-9. Uh, just the matchup's pretty good. I mean, there are a lot of – and Lillard also, if you're not trying to spend up over 10K, uh, the matchup's on – the Nuggets, like their whole backcourt, we I just mentioned when we said over the injury report, uh, their starting shooting guard, their backup starting shooting or their backup shooting guard who then was the starting shooting guard, uh, now their backups backup shooting guard who is now the starting shooting guard, they're all out or questionable, uh, and their starting point guard all is out, so they got a lot of people in the backcourt that are out, um, so I don't mind taking some shots at Lillard uh, if I'm doing multiple lineups there, and Powell and Covington also are in, in pretty good matchups, and they're not. Price super high to where we have to uh, panic there. Um, every, and like you mentioned, I think there's no one else really I want to look at under Covington uh, in, a, in a matchup like this. And I don't really want to spend up for Nurkic or, or McCollum. So if I'm going to get my exposure and it's not going to be Lillard, it's going to be at the, those value tier prices where they're slightly lower than they should be. Uh, Powell should be about 6-1. Covington should be uh, closer to 5-6, five, 5-7. Five, yeah, I, I completely agree there. All right, man. And let's flip on over to the last team of the night, the Denver Nuggets. And, again, their backcourt is banged up right now. Uh, so does that mean Jokic is the guy, or or how are you feeling about the, the rest of this team? Yeah, we got we got a little bit of point guard Jokic here. Um, it's going to be interesting how Denver plays this out because – I think that there's actually a bit of a sneaky... I don't know how popular Monte Morris might end up being tomorrow, um, or on the slate, I should say, but he is, a, I think, a really good tournament play and also not even a bad cash play for me. Um, he's all the way down at 3-3. They're going to need their best defending guards out there, and I think that's going to be a lot of Monte Morris. They've shown a lot of trust over the last second half of the year with Composo, um, but that's mainly been a, a product of Morris missing so much time. Morris has all of the – he has a lot more playoff experience um, is a, and has just been a really dependable guy for this organization over the past couple of years. Um, I think, and I think that they want to have him out there for as much of the game matchup as possible. So I think especially – um, if Austin Rivers misses, I think he's yeah he's currently questionable. Um, if Austin Rivers misses, I think I'd be really interested in Monte Morris. And then other than that, it's either Morris or Jokic for me. I'm not really too interested in in some of these more mid tier plays. Michael Michael Porter's interesting just because he always has a bit of a ceiling to him with how capable he is at scoring the ball. Um, he's shown a, he's shown a bit of a uh, better grip and been able to rebound better over the last half of the season. Um, but he's going to get the Robert, Robert Covington treatment, which usually I wouldn't put too much stock into, but I think that Covington really matches up well to guard him um, just with his length and getting up on him and 
creating issues for him. Um, so for me, I think it's either Jokic or Monte Morris with Jokic kind of being a little, a little bit of a tier below, uh, Luca for me. And that's me. Ma- that's mainly because I just like that Clippers and, uh, Mavericks game better in general. I think that because I'm already going to be playing Kawhi, it just gives me more of a ceiling to my lineup when I'm correlating a play within that game and banking on that being a competitive game. Um, where I don't love trying to like stack up this Portland Denver game as much. Yeah, and you you hit it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of point Jokic with everybody out. Porter Jr. I would have liked him, but knowing that Kawhi is two hundred dollars less, Paul George is four hundred dollars less. Uh, him and Butler are pretty much the same price, and so on. I'm not going to have much exposure to him. Um, so it. it I thought he would be, with everybody else getting a price decrease, I thought he was going to get one as well. Um, unfortunately, he didn't, so I'm not going to be really rolling that way. I don't hate Campazzo and, and Gordon, uh, but I probably won't have them too much in my lineups. But uh, they're going to be on the edge of my player pool. Um, Campazzo played a lot of minutes lately, and they also do need him at to play, uh, whether it's next to Morris or instead of Morris. And he's been playing pretty well, but I do like your the Morris call at 3,300. He's got to play over 20 something minutes. Uh, that's bare minimum value as another guard option there. Uh, both guard options he can play. They have him at shooting guard and point guard eligibility. Uh, but Gordon is an interesting name to me. They, it was a big deal when they got him at the trade deadline. Uh, he started off hot, went very cold, then he started playing more minutes towards the end of the season and. After playing mid twenties for a while, started to pick things up a little bit. I want. I'm interested to see if that continues, and that's why I want to get on the train if it happens before it does. Uh, but to me, that's only in tournaments. I, I don't have faith uh, in cash, but I will take some stabs at him at only five k. Yeah, he he's a good tournament play. Um, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good call there. He he just like hasn't shown the offensive. Um, to me, he hasn't really shown like that offensive aggression enough yet. He really has kind of fallen into this Denver system of allowing to play around Jokic and around some of their playmakers. And then is became like, he's a really, he's a great cutter and he's a great defender. Um, and that's kind of what he's fallen into, but I'd like to, I'd like to see some more of his offensive capabilities because he, he has shown, he has shown the ability in the past um, to put up big numbers, and so it's de- it's definitely in them. It's definitely in them. Mm-hmm. There we go, man. And um, before we go, I do want to throw out our little uh, favorite tier player tiers of the night. <clears throat> so we'll, we'll do our favorite expensive play uh, over eight k, our favorite mid tier play, uh, and our favorite value play. And we'll say value five k and under, and mid k is seven nine to five one. But um, Throw it over to you first, man, and give us who is your favorite spend-up play of the night. Okay, so favorite spend-up, I'm, I'm not going to cheat here because I think Kawhi is the easiest answer. Um, I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. I think, I think Butler at 8-4 is just, in this matchup, he is just juiced and ready to go for. All the motivation is there. It's going to be a really competitive game. You should see upwards of you should see close to forty minutes for Jimmy, and he just does a little bit of everything. Um, I really like the general narrative that 
how how great he's feeling going into this matchup and his confidence level right now. Um, all signs pointing toward a, bit, a big Jimmy game here. Yeah, and I'm with you. I, I like uh, Butler too, and uh, you went Butler. I'll, I think Kawhi's price tag is laughable, um, so that's where I'm going with my 8K and up. Uh, how about your favorite mid-tier guy? Okay, so you said mid-tier is starting at what uh, what price range? Uh, we'll do five one to seven nine. So right right in the middle of our value and and our expensive plays. Got it. Got it. Okay. So yeah. It, so this is I think the toughest. This is the toughest range. Um, there's not as many guys. Like I think a lot of the lineup construction is gonna flow towards doing things between the guys that are four five and below, and then eight k and up. But there is some guys that I really like for tournaments within this range, um, one of which being is Kemba Walker. I think that if this Boston-Brooklyn game stays close, it's going to be largely attributed to Kemba. Um, and at 7-5, he's shown 50-point he's shown DraftKings um, upside before. And I think if, it, if, he, if he manages to – he's got, I think, one of the best matchups going against Kyrie – doesn't have, doesn't have to deal with as much of the length there. Um, so if this game is good to remain close, I think it's going to be largely because of Kemba. Yeah, and I like going to uh, both ends both ends of the spectrum here on the on the Bucks backcourt. I like Holiday at seven seven. I, I just think this is a very good matchup for him. Uh, he's hit value. He's averaged over forty two points uh, fantasy points in the three games that he's played against the Heat. I think that happens again, and now he's going to add on extra minutes here. Uh, and then at the low end, I like DiVincenzo at five one, just hitting that value there. Um, he's another guy who's he's averaged nearly thirty points in this in the three games that he's played against Miami this year. That's only in twenty five minutes per game. I expect more minutes in a tighter rotation. Uh, so I think both of these guys are going to hit value here. Um, and I'm just just staying with the Bucks backcourt there. So uh, that's why I threw both of them in there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but um, who are you liking at under? 5k and under in this uh, value tier as you mentioned there's just quite a few guys to choose from but uh where are you mostly gravitating towards yeah so definitely a lot of definitely a lot of options here and i think a lot of options specifically between 4k and 5k um my favorite i think in that range is the, is actually brooke lopez at this point um i just really like the role that he's going to play in this game i think that if anything, Miami might allow him to shoot from the outside and they might just allow that to happen a little bit. Um, if he were to knock a couple down, that can really raise his ceiling um, when they're trying to focus more of their defense on the other guys on the Bucks. Um, and then I'm going to also throw in Monte Morris. I think that I think I really like Monte Morris down at three three. He and he got he has the point guard and shooting guard eligibility on DraftKings, which is really important. Um, so one of those two guys, I think, are, are are two of my go-to value plays for the slate. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at uh, Serge at four five. Uh, he's he's if he's not on a minutes limit, I know he didn't play over or didn't play twenty minutes in the two games that he played before the playoffs started. Uh, but if he's not on a minutes limit and he's going to play thirty or so minutes, this is a very good matchup. And he's just at a very depressed price tag of four five on a guy who's normally near six k. And I'll I'll take a lot of stabs at him there. Uh, if he is on a minutes limit, I might look right at his teammate in, in Rondo, $100 less. <clears throat> Another guy who started to play more minutes uh, the last couple games of the season 
and if that's a trend continuing in the playoffs, because that's why they made that Lou Williams trade, which shocked everybody, uh, then he's a guy who brings back value, especially in playoff games where he gets up for. Yeah, I think that's a good call. All right, man. Um, and before we head on out of here, is there anything you want to say um, on your first show? No, man, it's, it's been fun. Uh, I hope everybody approaches this slate with a very holistic view of it. Um, unlike other slates, we kind of got to prepare everything before it um, rather than kind of going with the flow and with the news. Understand that you not got to be aware of what's going on with these 1030 starts at the very start of the day. Um, but yeah, just looking forward to getting after it. Thanks for having me on for the first time and looking forward to doing it again, doing it again. Awesome, man. And just let everybody know, uh, Matt's going to be here with us all Saturday throughout the playoffs. And it's going to be, it's a pleasure, it's a pleasure to have you here. And I can't wait to continue to get into it. Um, and b- before we go, I do want to say, give us a, a shout out, um, on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to these podcasts, give us a rate review. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Um, we'll add what you need, what you want, and we'll try and subtract what you guys, what you don't like. <clears throat> also, Give us a follow on Twitter. My my Twitter handle is at Santino Cacone, S-A-N-T-I-N-O-C-A-C-C-O-N-E. And Matt's is Matt Cooper 14. Give him a shout-out. Tell him what, uh, what you liked and tell him when you do hit on his calls. Uh, let him know. And it's Matt Cooper 14. That's M-A-T-T-C-O-O-P-E-R-1-4. Um, thank you guys for joining us. And we will catch you again tomorrow. I believe it's... Mike and Harris for the second day, the Western Conference start of the uh, playoffs. And again, this is going to be a really fun playoffs, I think. A lot of interesting matchups. Yeah, couldn't agree more. All right, guys. Have a good one and good luck. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.